How can you achieve and maintain business growth? Harvard Business School Executive Education is now accepting applications for a new program, Driving Profitable Growth. Taking place in Boston from October 25th through the 28th, this program focuses on business expansion and organizational growth strategies that can lead your company into the future. Learn more about this three-day program for senior leaders by visiting hbs.me slash growth. That's hbs.me slash growth. You are Locked On Thunder, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma City Thunder, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. there everyone we're locked in for episode 48 of locked on thunder presented by the norman transcript i'm your host fred katz locked on thunder is part of the locked on podcast network you get onto itunes and you can search locked on thunder or whatever other locked on podcast that you want to get to to subscribe to any of those podcasts there you can also find any of us on audioboom.com i'm on every day of the week now monday through friday off weekends uh you got four more where this one's coming from just this week Last week was Thunder Season Preview Week at both Locked on Thunder and at the Norman Transcript. If you missed any of those podcasts, you can catch up on them pretty easily. Just head to wherever you normally listen to Locked on Thunder and you can find them there. If you're listening to the Norman Transcript, if you're listening on the Norman Transcript website, you can find those episodes just searching through the archives or whatnot. Or like I said earlier, just subscribe on iTunes or listen on audioboom.com. Just type in audioboom.com and you'll find it all right there. It's pretty easy to find. And sometime this week, I should be releasing a podcast I'm exciting for. Uh, going to be dropping a preseason preview going over over-unders for every team. It's not just going to be Thunder, though I will lead the podcast with a little Thunder monologue. Uh, but going to be doing the over-unders in those podcasts, depending on how long I go. Uh, it's going to be doing with Josh Lloyd, who's the host of Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Uh, I'm not sure which day we're going to do it yet. We're figuring it out. We were going to do Monday, and then I forgot, oh, there's a debate, which I want to watch, and we had a scheduling conflict there. So we're, we're going to do a day a little bit uh, a little bit later. I'm not sure when we're going to do it, but probably sometime later this week. And uh, depending on how long we go for I might make it into two podcasts. I might do an Eastern Conference and Western Conference and just split it into two days right there. But I'll figure that out later depending on how long we go, how in-depth, all that stuff. For now, let's talk some thunder. Let's go get it. So I forgot. I forgot how much I miss Steven Adams. Hey, dude, dude's just fun to – he's fun to talk to. Like, so media day was Friday. Immediately, first question of media day. He made a joke that he felt like Sabonis' father. That was the first question. And then he followed it up with, so congratulations to me, which was wonderful. Uh, then Sunday – so media day was Friday. Thunder training camp started Saturday. Oladipo and Westbrook spoke to media Saturday. That was when Westbrook lost his voice in practice on the first day. And a reporter asked Oladipo if Westbrook had lost it while singing. Both love to sing, of course. And Oladipo dropped this bomb. It's snare because you guys were singing so much. A little bit of both, man. You know, some days, you know, at night I can't sleep and I just call him and he sings me to sleep. <laughs> I want this to be true so badly. Like, you have no idea. Just the image of Russ singing Oladipo like a lullaby before he goes to bed is wonderful. Oladipo has a sick voice, though. Like, YouTube him singing, man. He's got incredible tone. Like, he has a beautiful, beautiful voice. Anyway, Sunday, Adam spoke with us, the media people, the the tweeters. And uh, dude's just got good answers for everything. 
So Eric Horn from the Oklahoman had a question, which spurred an amazing story from Adams. Uh, Eric asked him about Kevin Garnett, who we found out was retiring late last week. Now, KG is a trash talker. We all know that. But not to Adams. Kevin Garnett retired this weekend. Um, I know, right? Um, you kind of got him on the back end of his career, but what do you remember from playing against him? Um, he's got this uh, presence about him, mate. That's it's, 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 it's intimidating. Uh, and he doesn't talk to me at all. Um, I played the English card, English card, uh, card one time. Okay, you said something and I was just like, oh, just like, no English. <laughs> no English, mate, sorry. <laughs> and so, kind of left me alone, which is brilliant. Um, Honestly, that that might not have even been his best moment on Sunday. Like, he... Steven Adams is coming out in style this season. So somebody also asked him what he made of Joffrey Laverne's personality so far with the team. He had this to say. What's his personality been like? He's French. Typical French guy, mate. Yeah, Yeah, just same old. Yeah. Just like every other guy I met is French, mate. Good dude. Likes his food. (laughs) You know how much easier Steven Adams makes my job? Like, I'll, I'll... it's so much easier. Like, I've already put together two posts of just, like, Stephen Adams being funny. And we're three days, including media, media day, into the season. It's an amazing thing. Like, how long are we into this show? What? We're five minutes into the show, and I've just been talking about Stephen Adams being funny and playing Stephen Adams quotes. Let's get some good listener questions out. Uh, Stephen Adams, themed one to start. So from Chris Slutch. Steven had five games of 10 field goal attempts last year. How many games do you think he gets this year? How many field goal attempts does he average this season? So Steven averaged, for reference, 5.3 field goal attempts per game last year. He was playing like 25 minutes a game, though. So 7.6 per 36 minutes. Now, the minutes are going up this year. He's not averaging 25 a game this year. I think he's going to average more like, I mean... He's going to get a lot of minutes, but he's a big man, so he's not going to play like 36, presumably. Like Only really like DeAndre Jordan is an active big man who plays that many minutes. Um, so, I mean, you know, Joakim Noah used to, been hurt the last couple of years, doesn't anymore. There's probably a correlation there. Um, or there is a correlation there. There's probably some causation there. Uh, so, so I'm going to say Adams is probably around 32 minutes which just did the same usage. Like, his usage was insanely low last year, 12.6%. Actually lower last year than it was two years ago. But 12.6% last year, real low. Um, Like, to put that in perspective, an average usage rate is 20%. Because usage rate is just percentage of possessions when you're on the floor that the ball ends in your hands, so that you're ending the possession. The percentage of your team's possessions that you're ending it with your own getting free throw attempts, or your own getting fouled, I should say, or your own shot, or your own turnover. So average is 20%. Five guys on the floor, 100 divided by 5 is 20. Easy math. 12.6, crazy low. Like, that's a really, really low one. Um, Even like 16% is low. I think he's going to jump up to like a 16, 17% usage this year, which I think will bring him up to about... 10 uh, field goal attempts per 36 minutes. Uh, 
if the Thunder play about the same pace they did last year, I think he's gonna, they're going to play a little bit of a faster pace, so that would bring it up to actually a little bit more. But let's round it off. Let's be nice with numbers and say he's going to get to 9 per 36. He's playing 32. We'll call it like 8.5 with my super rough math. We'll call it like 8.5 eight and a half or 9 per 32, let's say. And I think that's what he's going to average. Um and with usage, I think he's probably going to be something in like the 16, 17-ish percent usage rate. I think he's going to jump. He's going to be used more because Durant is gone. He's going to be used more because he's pretty good with the ball too. Like I think they're going to use him as a passer a little bit more. Uh, they're just going to run more pick and roll with him. He's going to be the beneficiary on those lobs from Russell Westbrook on pick and rolls more often than he's been in the past. You know, not just the lobs, but the dump offs and uh, I think they're going to give it to him a little bit more to let him pass out of pick-and-roll situations, too, when he's the role man. And I think he might get – I don't think he's going to get, like, a bevy of post-touches or anything like that. But I think he might get one or two or three a game, uh, maybe, like, one or two more a game. I think that's possible. Um, I, I don't think he's so bad down there. Like, he's got decent touch around the rim. And uh, the issue more is the free-throw shooting. If he's going to shoot, you know, 55% – and you can just foul him when he gets when he gets deep position on you, then then that's you know that's an issue. But uh, you know if he if he shoots a decent enough percentage, um, that's good. You know he doesn't have to shoot a great percentage in order to be efficient. Like a free throws from a sixty percent free throw shooter are still super efficient offense. Like you're you're the best half court offense in the league. Usually, I forget what the Warriors were last year, but the best of half court offenses are still averaging less than a point per possession in the, in the half court. Like, they're still averaging less than a point per possession in the half court, which is one of the reasons that there's a lot of um, discussion over whether hack-a-shack is an efficient strategy or whether it's used the right way a lot of times that it's used. Because if you've got an offense that's averaging, say, you know, 0.95 points per, points per possession in the half court, which is a really good number, by the way, like that would get you up really high if you're averaging that many per, per possession in the half court. Um, you know, that's, that's if you're averaging 0.95, then that's a 47.5 free throw shooter. That's 47.5% free throw shooter right there, right? So, because he's getting two shots, so you're 47.5 times two. So when you foul these guys who are in, in, in half court situations, especially when it's later in the clock, um, you know, a guy who's even a 57% free throw shooter. No, he's not a good free throw shooter, but, uh, you know, you can bring him up and that's around where Adams was. But if he can, if he can, uh, you know, actually up the free throw shooting so that they don't foul him when he has deep position and that kind of stuff, then, uh, you know, that, that will, that will help him a lot. And I think that'll make him a little more confident to give him a couple more shots, but I think he'll be somewhere in the nine or 10 per 36 range. Uh, and his minutes will approach 36. So, uh, so yeah, I'll, I'll put him around there with, with the usage jumping a, a, a noticeable amount of percentage points. Next, from Nick Worthman. Uh, does it sound like they're going to start the season uh, with this team, or will there maybe be a trade before the season starts? So here's the roster situation. The reason I took this question, even though I've addressed it, on the podcast a couple of more times for, for people who are regular listeners. You you know that I talk about a lot that the Thunder have 16 guaranteed contracts on their roster right now. Or I shouldn't say 16 guaranteed. They have 16 gar- contracts which will be guaranteed on opening night. Laverne right now is not guaranteed, but he will be guaranteed on opening night. 
and the Thunder didn't give up two draft picks to trade for him just so they could release him. That would be something that an insane person would do. So they're either flipping him or they're getting rid of somebody else somehow. Um, presumably a big man because they have a surplus of bigs. They've got seven guaranteed bigs on the rosters right now. And they're, they got three point guards and they actually have a shortage of wings. So presumably it's going to be a big man. Now, the reason I'm talking about this now is because Sam Presti had some quotes last week, which I, I didn't quite get to. Uh, but Presti at his season opening press conference or training camp opening or preseason opening or whatever we're going to call it, uh, had some quotes about Mitch McGarry. Uh, I don't have sound for them like I did at the start of the show, but I am going to start. I'm just going to read read one of these things off. So he was asked about Mitch McGarry, and he said, for me, I'm disappointed in the fact that he's in that situation. Mitch McGarry, obviously, is suspended. I should have prefaced this. Mitch McGarry is suspended for the first 15 games of the season. It was initially a five-game suspension after testing positive for what we know is marijuana based on the type of the suspension it was testing positive for marijuana, um, and he was suspended for the first five games and then suspended for an additional 10 games to make it a 15-game suspension to start the season uh, after not complying with the NBA's marijuana program. So here was Presti's full quote. For me, I'm disappointed in the fact that he's in that situation. We're not privy to the NBA's program, so I don't have a whole lot of information. All I can say to you is that I'm disappointed. Then from there, I don't think I have to expand past that. That was Presti's whole answer. And uh, when asked what are your options with McGarry as a follow-up, the answer, it, well, it couldn't have been encouraging for McGarry. Here it was. Well, I mean, listen, he's under contract with the team. He'll be with us in training camp with an opportunity to compete. That was the answer for what are your options with McGarry. Well, I mean, listen, he's under contract with the team. That's not an encouraging answer if you're Mitch McGarry. Now, let me, I'll, I'll defend Mitch McGarry for one sec because I thought Mitch McGarry was really impressive on Media Day. I really did. I thought he addressed his problems head on. I have a little, a little column up on it on, on normantranscript.com, which you can find on my blog, Thunder Road, under the sports tab on the site right there. I thought he was impressive. He, he didn't shy. He did the opposite of dodge questions. He looked everybody in the eye and answered every single question thoroughly and, and, and what seemed to be honestly. And Mitch McGarry's not like, it's not like Mitch McGarry's a jerk or a bad guy. Mitch McGarry is like, he described himself as a happy-go-lucky guy. I think from from the, from the what I know about Mitch McGarry, I think that sounds like an accurate self-description. Mitch McGarry's like always friendly to people and is, is, is a nice guy. He really, he's a nice guy. We messed up big time. Uh, he, he really, he really, he messed up this time. Uh, but he, he was honest. Uh, and, and he, uh, I thought he was impressive in that press conference with the way that he, he put stuff on himself and, and talked about, you know, getting his life back, not talking about stuff and actually doing it are obviously two different things. But I think we've seen situations where guys have messed up and they've either hid behind things or said they don't want to talk about them, uh, or, or they've just, you know, answered with cliches. And I thought McGarry, um, I just thought McGarry came off well. I just thought his character, for a guy whose character has been in question with a lot of people over the last few months, I thought his character came off well. That being said, Mitch McGarry showed up out of shape last year, was never really in shape throughout the year, even talked to media day about how he needs to get back into shape now. 
that's not that's not a thing that you want to hear from a guy who was in the first round two years ago. Was encouraging at the end of his rookie year. Like he was decent. Yeah, he had a nice stretch at the end of his rookie year. Took about five steps back last season. Played a lot of the year in the D-League. Again, never really showed up in shape. Uh, wasn't productive enough to play at the NBA level. Um, was not particularly great in Summer League. Um, and, and then he you know, mentioned about getting back into shape during training camp. That's a problem. Now, the suspension doesn't start until the start of the season. But if the Thunder, they got to get rid of someone. Like, they have to get rid of someone. And maybe the move is Mitch McGarry. Like, that seems like the easiest move. Now, I don't know if another team is going to want to take him on. He's a cheap salary, $1.5 million. Maybe a team that liked him two years ago when he was drafted will like him now, or at least like him enough to, you know, give up the smallest amount to get him. Now, by league rules, you can't just give a player to another team. You have to give up something. But you can conceptually release somebody by making a trade. Like, you can trade... Mitch McGarry into somebody else's cap space if you're the Thunder. You can trade him into somebody else's cap space and get back a future second round pick that's like super protected to the point that, you know, it's like top 59 and a half protected and it just doesn't get conveyed, you know? Um, so you can, you can, you can make that happen. Um, and, and my educated guess, educated guess, my, but they, my, my educated guess is that that's still a trade that can happen with somebody. Now, obviously, not a lot of teams are capable of making that because you need cap space to do it. But my guess is that's still a trade that could happen with someone. Like someone would be one of the few teams with space would be down to make that deal. And if not, maybe he just ends up getting waived. Like it's it's possible with the amount of bigs on this team. Because you got Adams... You got Canner, you got Ilyasova, you got Laverne, you got Sabonis, you got Collison, and then you got McGarry. Someone's going to go. One of those guys is not going to be on this team. It might be McGarry. That's probably the easiest one to let loose with. And, uh, you know, he put himself in a bad position. I didn't think those Presti quotes were encouraging. Now, I don't think he's made up his mind. I really don't. I think he's going. To, they're going to use training camp to try to decide stuff. And, you know, a trade could always come up with somebody else. You know, something could always come up unexpected. And I think the Thunder are going to use all the time that they're allotted to have before they make a move. Like, I don't think they're just going to do it in a week or something. They're going to use all the time they can. But uh, that was just not an encour- – it wasn't an encouraging answer um, from Sam Presti. And I thought that stood out a lot. Uh, next question from All Day Ray. Could Laverne start at the four this season? Ilyasova, I assume, is probably starting, but could he or someone else take the spot? I mean, if we're speaking in coulds as opposed to wills, yeah, he could start. It's possible there are scenarios in which it happens. I mean, Ilyasova has had down years in his life, although he's been a pretty consistent three-point shooter except for one year where he really didn't shoot the ball great. Um, but you know, Ilyasova has a down year. His shooting falls off a little bit. Laverne, who's 24, who looks comfortable taking threes. He, he looks comfortable taking threes. He just hasn't made a high percentage of them in his career, but he looks comfortable taking them. He looks comfortable around the perimeter. It looks like his natural game. And he shot great from mid range last year. He was like one of the best mid range shooting big men in the league last year. Um, he, I, 
what he, he shot like 50% on mid-range shots last year. He was, he was great on those shots. Um, and that doesn't mean he is one of the best mid-range shooting big men in the league, but it does mean that he's good at it. Um, so I, 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 I'm waiting for that time where he is able to step out to the perimeter consistently. And Billy Donovan has now spoken about how the Thunder are going to encourage him to shoot three-pointers. They need spacing, and that's a good way that they can hope to get it if Laverne makes threes. So if Ilyasova's not making them, and Laverne starts to make them, he's younger, he fits in more uh, with this core just from an age standpoint, because Ilyasova's 29 and Laverne's 24, uh, and, and this is one of the youngest teams in the league. So so from that standpoint, like, yeah, it's it's possible. It's not like Ilyasova's going to outplay him on defense. I think they're both going to struggle defensively, but I actually think Laverne is probably the better defender than Ilyasova. So that's not really the issue. It's not like Ilyasova's there for offense, for defensive reasons. He's there because he's the best shooting big man on the team, and he can space the floor. And if he's in the starting lineup, he's the only above-average three-point shooter for his position in there. That's why Ilyasova, I think, will be in the starting lineup. But yeah, there are scenarios where Laverne could get in. I think Laverne is going to get a few more minutes than Sabonis. I don't think he's going to get more than Cantor. The question is, does does he or Cantor, if Ilyasova kind of doesn't play as well as the Thunder hope, would it be Cantor or Laverne? I'm not sure. I'm not sure the answer, just like with Ilyasova or Cantor. I'm not sure the answer is the same thing as who's the better player. Who's the better player? The answer is Cantor. Cantor is such a wonderful offensive player. But the question is, who's the better fit? And that's really what it is. And if Laverne is hitting his threes, like if he makes a leap to where he's a competent three-point shooter who defenders guard out there on the perimeter, that's a nice help. That's a nice little, little shouldn't say unexpected, uh, but it's it's nice little... It's a little present for the thunder. It's like it's like when you you wake up on on Christmas, or, or in my case, you wake up on Hanukkah as a kid, and you know the present that you're gonna get, but it, you still open it up and you see it, and you're like, "Oh, that's nice." You didn't quite know it was coming. It's a little better than you thought it was. That's that's kind of learn. And uh, if he if he starts to make threes consistently, I think the thunder think it's gonna happen. I don't know if they know when it's going to happen, but I think a lot of people think that he's going to make threes. So um, that's kind of the way that it would happen. I still think Ilyasova is the starter, at least out of the gate. But Ilyasova is not so good that that's not subject to change. Of course not. But for now, for now, in my opinion, it's Ilyasova, no question, because Laverne hasn't made threes consistently. And aside from in the corners, maybe, defenses aren't really going to guard him as hard as they're going to guard Ilyasova. And you're starting Ilyasova for spacing reasons. Like, that's reason number one, and there isn't even a reason number two. Like, reason number one you're starting Ilyasova is for spacing. And that's it, because you need it. You need to find some way to get spacing so Russ and Oladipo can get into the lane. And, and that's why Ilyasova's out there. And, uh, or why Ilyasova, I should say, should be out there, in my opinion. Um, and we'll, we'll see what Donovan does. Maybe he disagrees. It's possible. Canner, I think, is the best player of the three of them. Maybe he goes with the best. My personal philosophy is that lineups are not necessarily, or I say the quality of lineups is not always, 
is not always congruent with the quality of the players in those lineups. It's about fit. It's not about overall talent. It's not just the video game ratings on the top. Uh, so, so I think Ilya Silva is the better fit, but there's no question that could change. And Laverne is a candidate, just just as is Sabonis if he hits his absolute his absolute peak. I I don't know if it'll be like Sabonis would be third in line for me, but if Ilya Silva struggles and they do think that Canner is just so much better off the bench because he can play more five that way and because you can then run the second unit offense through him. Uh, and he can just get more touches on offense, and you can use him more in that sense uh, as an offensive player as opposed to having Russ and Oladipo there and Canner almost being a de facto third option, which kind of eliminates some of his better offensive traits. If he doesn't have the ball, then he's not going to score as much, which he's really damn good at. So uh, you give him in the second unit, and you let him go nuts there. Uh, so I, I think Canner's going to leave on the bench no matter what. Uh you know, maybe Sabonis is like a like a starter in name who plays a few minutes, depending on the seasons Laverne and Ilyasova have. Uh, but I I do think Ilyasova uh, will will end up being out there. That's the last question. We're doing a little bit quicker today since I went super long on some of those podcasts last week. We're going a little quicker today before we head out. Remember, I'm on every week weekday now, Monday through Friday. Going to be doing that over under preview that I talked about earlier, and that's going to be later this week. I'll announce those dates once I get the recording dates with Josh confirmed, and I'll tweet those out or or whatever. Uh, if you're subscribed to the show, you'll be all good on getting those, and they'll just pop up on your phone or in your computer or your iPad or whatever it is like normal. Uh, you can head on to iTunes to make sure you do subscribe to Locked on Thunder, and if you have any questions or comments, email LockedOnThunder at gmail.com. You can also find me on Twitter at Fred Katz, F-R-E-D-K-A-T-Z, uh, log on to normatranscript.com for all your Thunder needs, including all those previews that I talked about earlier and now all of my other coverage of training camp and of media day from this past weekend and everything like that. There's going to be tons of coverage now. We got practice. Aside from the occasional off day, we got practice so much. And then the Thunder are headed to Spain next week uh, for their game on October 3rd. And check out Thunder Road also. Uh, that's just my blog. It's under the sports tab on the site and you can see what's next for the thunder there. That's it for today. Back with you tomorrow for more thunder and NBA talk until next time though. Locked on thunder is locked up. Yeah, got it on T-Mobile. Fastest iPhone deserves America's fastest LTE network. Introducing the amazing iPhone 8. It's the best iPhone yet, now on America's best unlimited network. For a limited time, save up to $300 on the amazing iPhone 8 after 24 monthly bill credits. And now join T-Mobile's iPhone upgrade program for free. Eligible trade-in and finance agreement required. If you cancel service, you may lose promo credits. Contact us for details. Video at 480p. Small fraction of users over 50 gigs per month may have reduced speed. See store for details. At Highland, we're all about celebrating little wins and little ways to innovate digital processes. There's no customer pain point too small for us to help with. Maybe that's why more than half of the Fortune 100 looks to Highland to connect their content and data, improve processes, and turn little efficiencies into big wins for their customers and clients. Highland, intelligent content solutions for innovators everywhere at highland.com.